Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to start the show off discussing how to learn. It sounds like a strange topic, I'm sure, but... If you ask yourself a question, if I could have any skill set in the world, what would it be? And it would, to me, it would be the ability to learn anything instantly, very quickly. You see these guys on TV with didactic memories. They can memorize anything, read a book in 10 seconds and, you know, know all this stuff and information, everything. You know, that's cool. And then can you take that and make it do something? Can you do something practical with that? Well, I'm sitting here now and the reason just bring this to you, why this is coming to light, is that uh, a few weeks ago, I've kind of completed a couple of my life's projects, um, and my life is filled with hobbies and life projects. Now, that's pretty much all I have left in life, and I have lots of them, so I'm, I'm not running out. But I've I completed a couple of them, and I decided to go and take back up playing guitar again. Now, when I was younger, I played piano. Uh, my mother had me playing piano and organ when I was a kid. Then in high school, I played in the band. And then when uh, we got to the end of high school, I was playing guitar. And what's interesting is I, I'm remembering now as I'm starting to learn back now, I'm realizing that my ability to learn, my educational self-training skill set, I guess. I'm trying to think of a better package name for it, but just my holistically better way of training myself to do something new is just so much better than it was. And I think it really became evident when I learned how to dance because it was something I had never done and could not do at all. And I was dating a girl that was a competitive dancer, so she knew how to do it perfectly, and everybody and all her friends knew how to do it perfectly. So I was at this point in my life where I was a complete dunce. And I couldn't do anything. And it was, you know, really shaming and so on and so forth, embarrassing. But what it did was it forced me to go learn how to do something that I had absolutely no idea how to do. And that in itself gave me a training philosophy, a theory. And within no time at all, say no time at all, a year, I was dancing with competitive dancers and they were going, wow, you're really good. And I'm not saying that to embolden my ego. I was surprised when they would say that. I go, wow, I can't even believe this person who's a competitive dancer is really good. Say, I'm, you know, that was a great dance. But what I'm trying to point out to you was, is that whether I just had a lucky dance, which I doubt, or if I was faking it till you make it, which I don't think these people wouldn't see right through, I think the reality was is that I was able to pull myself up in level of ability and skill at a much faster rate than I used to. 
And so I was really pretty happy about all that. And so now when I go back and I'm playing, learning to play guitar again, it's amazing to me because I remember absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I remember maybe 10 chords, the, what they call the cowboy chords. Um, and I understand how to hold the guitar. And, you know, of course, I've already got the equipment because I had all the equipment and everything. But what happened this time was, unlike the first time, I wanted to learn this stuff completely. And it led me to come to the conclusion for today's show to talk to you about three different types of learning. Because as a mentor for 32 years now, I've had to run up against people had different forms of learning. They just had to do it their way. There was a different way of doing it. And I'm going to lay these out for you right now. And I'm Maybe you can relate to one of them. One of them is the, I got to do it right now, the instantaneous gratification disease person who says, look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go, I'm going to be a real estate investor. And what would happen is they would go to a free workshop and decide that they were going to learn what we had to teach. They would, you know, sign up for the two day seminar. And when they'd show up at the two day seminar, they'd go, Dell, I just bought a house to, uh, like a day ago or two days ago. What do you mean? You haven't even taken the seminar yet. Oh, no. I was really motivated when I came out of the, you know, your introductory seminar. So I went out and bought a house having no idea how to do it. And now you're into something wrong. You've got this mistake you've got to overcome. And that's really a problem about learning anything. If you're that type of person that goes and does it, right? You may get away with doing it, but in nine times out of 10, you're doing it wrong. And once you build up those bad habits, they're going to hold you back. In this case, you've got a piece of real estate that doesn't make you any money, that might cost you money, that might deflate your your motivation, might destroy your spouse's motivation for you wanting to do more of this, because your spouse is looking at you going, you're an idiot. You said this stuff was going to work. You went out and did it. It didn't work at all. And and then your spouse is bitter. Now, luckily, many times the spouses will come to the two-day with their spouse and hear that, wait a minute, you did absolutely everything backwards from what you should have done. And the guy or gal, whoever it is that went and did that, will generally say, you're right. I did it completely wrong. I think, In fact, I think this seminar is for me <laughs> because it is exactly what I found. And so those people don't always fail, but they start with a setback. Or they run real fast into some deals and get into some real estate deals, but then they can't keep perpetuating that wealth and growing it because they've done things that are wrong that have locked them into stuff they can't get out of or they can't mature or perpetuate. And so they can't grow their wealth. They just got a couple pieces of real estate and boom, it's over. And I see that happen to people. They go buy one or two or three pieces of real estate. They'll do it wrong. They're out of money. They can't get out of the deals they did. And their real estate career is over. Okay? Now let's look at the complete other opposite side. And these are the analysis paralysis type of people. These are the people that want to study everything. They want to know every detail about everything before they even take one step. I mean, these people are so crazy as to thinking, I need to know how to write a contract. You don't need to know how to write a contract. You need to know what a, what a contract is and who you go to to get it written for you. You don't need to learn four years of legal practice or two years of real estate agency practice 
to be able to do something that you don't even need to do for yourself, somebody else can do. You need to understand the theory of how it works. You need to have gone through it with somebody else taking you through it so you know how to fill out the blanks. But you don't need to understand every single minute detail at first. That will come. And that's the point. If you do this educational process correctly, it will all come. So those people study and study and study and study and never take any action, right? And, and so nothing ever occurs, and eventually you burn out on studying of anything. Or eventually you study yourself into finding all the things could be wrong, and you scare yourself out of doing it. So you have the study people, right? Never get anywhere. So what should a person do? Really, a person needs to look at learning something new in a term I use called immersion. You need to immerse yourself in this topic, whatever that topic is. So like when you're learning something like guitar, this time instead of just going out there and finding a song, hey, I like that song, let me learn how to play that song, where you just sit there and learn plink, 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 strum, 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 plink, plink, strum, strum, and you finally get down one song. Now, out of 80 million songs, you can play one. Because you don't understand where the song came from. And you can't modify the song because you don't know what the chords and the music underlying it are based on. So you got to play it exactly like you learned to plink it. I've had a reinvigoration of learning because I've gone back to playing the guitar again. And uh, shortly after that, I'll pick up the keyboards. Because one of the things that's interesting is that if you totally immerse yourself into music and don't say I'm playing the guitar, but understand I'm playing music, uh, and then you learn that, you know, there's only seven notes and then there's chords. There's only seven chords, uh, but they can be played a hundred different ways. And then there's all the different diminishments, the minors, the this, that, and all the different derivatives off of that. But the bottom line is, if you understand the basic core of music, you can play probably any instrument in which if you ever see guys on TV that are musicians, uh, they almost always can play almost every instrument out there because once you understand it, it's very simple. And so I find myself now immersing myself in, first of all, theory. What is music? What am I trying to do? How does all of this stuff fit together? Well, that's the same thing with real estate investing. What is it? What, what, is, what are we trying to do with it? I know it's a building and it's a piece of dirt, but what are we trying to do with the whole concept of investing in real estate? Why does it work? How does it work? Theory is very, very important, right? And then when you take theory, you start to hone theory down into, okay, now that I know what it's supposed to do for me, it's supposed to create cash flow create capital gains, give me instant wealth by equity capture. It's supposed to reduce my tax, overall tax burden each year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now that I understand all of these things it does, pay down principal reduction and so forth, then I understand I need to figure out what I'm going to play. Which instrument am I going to play? Am I going to play a house? Am I going to play a duplex, a fourplex, a small apartment complex? What instrument is going to be my choice? Because it's all music. It's all real estate investing. 
It's just which one fits your personality better, or in some cases, in real estate, your financial situation. So now you pick your weapon of choice, right? And then you decide what you want to play in, too. Kind of like, do I want to play in the single family, which is singles, doubles, triples, and quadruplexes are all single family investments? Because they work under a certain set of rules. And so, like, for me, that would be, do I want to play uh, acoustic guitar or electric guitar? Do I want to play blues and jazz, or do I want to play rock and roll? You know, you start to picture yourself where you're going to end up. Now, that doesn't mean you don't, as you study theory, get a little taste of all those things in there. But now, you start to hone that down to some skills. And that's the next step where the person who is the studying person gets caught. You need to now say, okay, I've honed this down. I need to do something. And so I'm going to go pick this guitar up and I'm going to play this one set of song, this one song or this one set of chords like they're telling me to do it and just get the feel and figure out what a melody is. You know, you can play the same set, and this is bizarre, the same three chords make up about 70% of all rock songs. I mean, if you add three more chords, it's probably 80%, 90% of all rock songs come out of these same chords. It's just the direction they play them in, when they play them, and really what melody they play over the top of them. Well, the same thing is true with us. I mean, we're houses, we're apartments. But what melody do we play over the top of it? What is our game plan? Am I class B, class C, class D, or am I a class A kind of, you know, player? What am I playing? What game am I playing? And now I've got to go out and I've got to go touch that. I've got to go pull some listings, evaluate some listings, just feel it, touch it, smell it, and know what it's doing. And so at some point in the guitar situation, I'm playing specific things that are training things that I'm learning. But then there's another level. And that next level is just pure skills training. Think about being an athlete. You're out there and you're a football player, and you're learning the plays, and you're learning, um, let's say, the alternate plays, and so on and so forth. So in other words, there's all this stuff that you learn out of your playbook, and then you watch, and there's before that, there's the theory. Hey, if you make that move, that guy there is going to make that move. This is an A defense, a B defense, a C defense. If you line up this way, one of those three are going to hit you. This is what you do. And so you're learning theory, right? And then you got to go out there and you got to do something. You got to hit somebody, tackle somebody, do something, right? But beyond all of that hitting and tackling and running and catching practice, there's a whole nother level called skills. And that means you go to the gym because you got to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And that's the same thing that happens when you go into the play the guitar. You know, you can sit there and go, like, I've learned a song. You know, <laughs> Rockabye, baby, whatever. I just can't even think of a song. But, you know, you can play it, but it sounds terrible because you don't have, you're not fast enough. You can't move your fingers well enough. You can't hold your cords down tight enough, et cetera, et cetera. And so you, you're not very good at it. So now you need to go back and say, you know what? I got to get my fingers and hands stronger. So you start doing chord exercises to learn how to hold bar chords stronger. And you learn fingering exercises. You go, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, and And you just practice moving your hands and fingers. And then you practice strumming. And you practice different types of strums. There's finger strumming and pick strumming. But then even within them, there's 50 different kinds. And so you start to practice those specific skill sets, having nothing to do with the song you want to play. But 
by the time you get to that song you want to play, the very fact that you can hold that chord the right way, the very fact that you can pick those strings the right way, the very fact that you can do it fast enough to make it sound like a song makes learning that song really easy. But it makes it even easier if you actually understand what key. What does it mean to be in key? The key of A, the key of B, the key of C, and so forth. And where does that translate? Well, if you understand keys, then you know that everything in that key fits in these places. And it's always in those places. You can go find it. And then you know what chords are in that key. And so you can sit and watch somebody else play guitar. I literally wondered for a thousand years how people did this. I now can sit and watch somebody play guitar between seeing where their hands are and how they're holding their hands, which means I know that chord. I know what they're playing. And or knowing the key that they're in, knowing what other chords fit into that key, even if I can't really tell where their fingers are at on the thing, I can actually just figure it out. I couldn't do that all before. And I've only been playing guitar for about two weeks now again. But I played for two, three years and couldn't do that because I just learned to pluck, 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 strum, strum, strum. I think many of you are going out there right now trying to learn real estate investing or investing in general by just learning to pluck, 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 strum, strum, strum. You're just going out there and throwing the football around the backyard, never learning the plays, never learning the theory, never getting in shape, not getting any stronger, not getting any faster, not getting any better, and really not learning how to play football. My friends, I hope this helps you in your next endeavor. Let's take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. I don't know which one bums you out more, the, the little wheel, you get in the little wheel and run, or the cubicle. Go to your prison cubicle. Think about being in prison every day. What do you do? You get up every day and stand in your cubicle. Maybe sit in your cubicle. What do you do when you go to work every day? Go to the cubicle. Couldn't put up with it when I was there. Had to get out. Ready to get out too? Learn how at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Next topic I'd like to pick up on is a, a little story uh, that I'm going to follow up with an ex- uh, another story of what happened he- here in the last weekend. Um, there was um, a family that came in and I always talk to everybody after they join up. I send them an email out and say, hey, you know, talk to me. Tell me what you thought. And 99% of them are good. But there's always the raw, you know, the one or two or three complaints. And you want to get those. If you're in business, you want to get those complaints. And the email was adamant. I mean, a guy was just like, my gosh, I can't believe this guy pretended to be a real estate, you know, expert. And he was putting numbers on the board that didn't make any sense at all. And they're absolutely not true. And the way he he portrayed um, the whole incident was uh, of the stock market is incorrect. 
And uh, it was just a sham. And I went up to him and tried to prove it to him and show him how he was wrong. And he just told me to leave. <laughs> wow, that doesn't sound very professional in any way, shape, or form. So I wasn't all that proud about the presentation. But I understand, you know, after talking to people, that this guy was just disrupting the whole class, trying to disavow everything that uh, the presenter was presenting. Now, the presenter is presenting materials, although I have yet to know exactly what he said, but he's presenting a base core of materials that's basically showing that what we do in real estate, not real estate itself, but what we do in real estate is about three times more profitable than the stock market is in the long run. And maybe even more than that in some cases, depending on if we're in a marketplace where you can get away with a bunch of stuff, like if there's a crash, then we could do 10 times faster than the stock market. But in this case, um, the guy, after further research, uh, it was found out that he was a young financial planner. So obviously he had just learned his trade as a financial planner. All the numbers he had been trained to believe were fresh in his mind. And he was ready to defend them, that the stock market was the not the end-all, be-all. The guy wasn't that arrogant. He actually said he believed in real estate as a portion of the portfolio, and his parents had been to lifestyles and done it. But he he didn't like the way what was being portrayed about stock market. Now, you can understand what's happening here. The gentleman is a stockbroker, young one. He's decided to make this his life's work. Now, Kirby Haynes was the same way when he joined. He always he came to my seminar. I was always telling you all these things about finances and about stocks and stock market and annuities. And he knew it all because he was a financial planner and had all these licenses and everything. Young kid, just like this guy's a young guy, and you're you're out there to you know help the world, change the world, retire people, right? But their way of retiring people is by the time they're 65 years of age, right? That's their plan: 65, 70 years of age. What we do here will make sure you're happy at that point in your life. Our plan is three to five years. You're going to be done. You're going to be retired, and it's going to be great. So when you hear that in your financial plan, you're going, hey, I got to hear this. I don't know what the heck they're doing. But when you come and the time was spent to put down the stock market, and that's that's what I don't understand. What I'm, I used to put it down when I first started teaching real estate because uh, I felt like I needed to to make my argument. But at this point, I don't need to make that argument anymore. The stock market is what it is. But hey, I've retired thousands of people in just a few years. So now I stand on my own experience and I stand on our results and I don't have to stand on the fact that many, many other people have been burnt by the stock market. And we all know they have. We know tons of people. In fact, probably my business wouldn't be here if there hadn't been tons of people been burnt by the stock market. But at this point, this guy just wasn't having it. And so, you know, he said, I want my money back. I said, there's no problem. You know, I'll be happy to give you your money back um, because you didn't come. You know, you came here to learn something and you obviously didn't learn anything because what you should have learned didn't get in because of what you were defending. You were so busy defending what you thought to be true and or even if it's true, what you know that you didn't have the time to listen to what you should have learned. And, you know, I feel sorry for the guy. Actually, I offered him a chance to go listen to a different speaker in case maybe a different speaker would just hit his personality differently. And I find different speakers in different subjects do touch me differently. Like I said in the last segment, uh, in learning, I like to learn a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. Now, not from lifestyles situation, like not in the fact that, okay, we're going to have different theories 
you know, once I get a theory down, I like to hear different opinions of how to do that because some people's personalities fit better with your personality and it's easier for you to learn from them. But he wasn't interested in doing that. So where does this lead me? This leads me to this point is that it reminds me of a story that really changed my life. In fact, there, there's two of them that I've got to tell you right now because they're both relevant to the issue. The first one is a story about a little girl in the kitchen with her mother and her grandmother. And a uh, little girl's learning how to cook, and they're cooking a ham. And before they cook the ham, they cut the end of the ham bone off and stick it in the pot and put the lid on. And the little girl, you know, this is the granddaughter, says to the mother and to the grandmother, why are you cutting the end of the ham off? And the mother says, you know, because that's the family recipe. That's exactly the way my mother did it my entire life when I was a little girl. And that's the way we do it in this family. That's the family recipe. So the little girl looked to her grandma and says, okay, grandma, she learned it from you. Why did you cut the end of the ham off? And grandma said, well, because that's how I learned it from my mother. That's the family recipe. That's how we've always done it. And, um, you know, it, it's always worked very well for us. That's just the way we do it. And the little girl wasn't satisfied with all this. She was very inquisitive. So she says, well, let me go ask great-grandma. So she walks out to great-grandma in the living room and sitting there knitting. And she says, great-grandma, why does our family cut the end of the ham off before we cook it? And great-grandma looked at her and says, oh, honey, that's easy. Because when I was a little girl your age and my mama was cooking ham, the ovens were only this big. And she pointed to about an 80-inch little thing. She goes, so we had to cut the end off the ham to get it into the pot that would fit into the oven. And that was the only way we could cook it. So there you go. Four generations of doing something the same way. Because, because the other way of doing it didn't exist at the time that the way that they did it was created. And that's what I felt about this guy. I mean, I said, you know, it's, it's sad because the knowledge that has been handed down about 401ks and stock market and, and, Mutual funds for a long time, that was the big thing. Get into a good mutual fund. I think that was a Dave Ramsey thing. Get into a good mutual fund because they diversify and everything. Diversification, Warren Buffett even said diversification is terrible. And he calls, you know, everybody else calls it diversification. Warren Buffett calls it diversification. So we have these ideas that are handed down to us from generation to generation to generation, and they don't change much. And so you get this young guy there, and he's got five generations of education. He's gone to this college, and these people, these old gray men with great respect, are touting these theories that have been around for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, four generations. They believe this to be the way to do it. And then he comes to our seminar, and we just explain to him, look, we don't need to cut the end off the ham. We don't even need the ham. We don't even need to cook it that way. We can do it completely different and do it much better. 
And man, that's got to hurt. That has got to hurt. In fact, it's got to hurt this bad. And it reminds me of a story where the, the great Missouri battleship was uh, sailing through the night and all of a sudden they saw a light off their starboard bow and the captain goes, uh, hey, signal that guy to get out of our way, you know, and uh, like go left or something like that. I don't know how that stuff works. And the guy signaled and the guy and the light signaled back, no, you go left. And he goes, no, signal me again. He goes, go left. And the guy goes, no, you go left. And he goes, look, we are the great Missouri battleship. We will blow you out of the water if you don't go left. And the guy signaled back, hey, I'm the lighthouse, and you're going to run into the wall if you don't go left. There it is, guys. You can break yourself against old theories that don't work because they will break you. But you cannot break them. I want to bring up a topic here that's a really a negative topic, but I'll bring it up anyway because I think it's something that, to share that might help somebody. Hopefully it'll help one person out there. But I have this deal I do when I do the seminar. And I tell people to turn to the back of the book right at the beginning. I said, on the back page, please write this in. I will not do what Dell said to do. I've been doing that now for 32 years, given the seminar. And the reason for that is I learned very quickly that people all want to reinvent the wheel. They want to do it their way. They want to do it their way because it's the easy way and they want the shortcut. They want to do it their way because it's the something for nothing and they don't have to put anything into it and just take, you know, mask Massive risk. Um, they want to do it their way for any number of reasons. One times just for their ego to say, I did something that Dell didn't do. I've had so many people do that. In fact, I learned early on in consulting, don't tell people they can't do something, they'll try to do it. Uh, you know, I just have to suggest the reasons why that one's not a very effective plan. Because if I say don't do it, that's almost like a given slap in the face to somebody. Well, I'll prove you wrong. I can do it. Right. And so what I've seen happen here in the last couple of years is a, a few deals. I don't know how many. I don't really want to put a number to it, but I'll, I'll just guess. Uh, let's say five deals in two or three years where the syndicators slash what we call lead investors here who may have been very, very successful when they first started. Uh eventually got to the point where they got what I call the Midas touch syndrome. And the Midas touch syndrome says that everything I touch will turn to gold because I'm great. So in other words, all these wonderful things we taught them how to do in real estate, which has made them very successful and rich, they no longer believe it's because of all those wonderful things we taught them. They start to believe it's because they're wonderful themselves. And they decide that they can go take on transactions, deals in things that we say don't do. We we highly recommend that's not what you should do. Well, why should you listen to me? Well, let's just line it out here. I've been doing this for 35 years. I started 35 years ago doing investing myself. I've been helping people for 32 years, which means over 32 years, we've had 50,000 clients for the first um 20 years, I touched every single one of them. I was the consultant after that. Now we have lots of people consulting. But yet anything that ever goes wrong always comes back to me. I get to hear about it. So we know we have this collective database of information about what doesn't work. 
And we keep putting that out there. That's what our educational program does. It says, hey, do this, don't do this. How do we know? Well, because this person, this person, this person, this person did it. It didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. So 32 years of teaching, 35 years of trying to make my own mistakes, that's a lot of stuff that you could figure out how to do wrong that somebody's already figured out how to do wrong, and you don't need to make that same mistake. So you should listen. In fact, especially since you pay for it to come to a seminar or an educational program or a mentoring program, you should listen to what we tell you. These four or five people that I'm talking about have had grave losses, massive losses for themselves and their investors that are with them are losing money or lost lots of money. And every single one of them it, at one point in time would have been considered a great investor. They were doing a good, great job. They were, you know, heroes maybe even. But that just that heroism gets into your head and then it's like, okay, I'm not going to listen to Dell anymore. And say, well, why should we listen to Dell? Well, for one reason, it's because I'm more conservative than you are. My rule number one is don't lose money. Your rule number one is get rich. Think of the difference. Mine is take no risks that mean lose all your money. Yours is take any risk to get where you want to be. You need my conservative nature to control your aggressive nature. And that's why you should listen to me. I'm not the richest guy because I'm not trying to be the richest guy. What I'm trying to be is the safest guy and make the least number of mistakes at the same time of growing. Because a lot of times you can figure out, I can tell you how to never fail, never try. And I tell mentors all the time, the easiest way to be a mentor is just tell everybody, no, that's too risky. But that doesn't solve any problem. The problem is figuring out what will work. But there are some stuff that just doesn't work. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you throw at it, it doesn't work. So the conservative nature is a major reason why you should listen to me. In other words, I've got hands-on experience. Many people that are out here doing this right now have taken classes to learn how to do it, but have never actually worked in and on their real estate. I started as the maintenance man, the supervisor, maintenance super manager, salesperson. I was every part of that at every level from houses, duplexes, fourplexes, small apartments to middle-sized apartments, all the way up. I've done it all. Many of you have never even tried to sign a lead, never even tried to lease an apartment, never gone and fixed something. You should probably listen to me. Another thing is I've been through market changes, ups and downs all over the place. So I know how much the market can swing. Many of you have come in at the bottom of market, watch it only go up the entire time you've been in it. You have no idea what the possibilities are for the downside. And the other thing is, I'm one of the older guys here. I've been through different stages of wealth building at different ages because you really should have a different plan at each part of your life. That's what's really important is to see where are you in life and how should your plan work around that position you have in life. And that's something that only I can bring because there's not very many old dudes. In fact, whenever real old guys call, 
they always send them to me. Well, my friends, remember always, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.